Hey, you, dare to think. Y'all ready to get funky? Pizza's great, but it's not the gospel. Welcome to the campus of LCMSU, everyone. I am the Chancellor, Pastor Marcus Zill. Warning, the show might trigger you. You don't love the gospel. Hey, who let the campus pastor loose in the studio again? Zilly Zilly. Joining us today in the Student Union from West Lafayette, Indiana, the home of Purdue University and University Lutheran Church, her senior pastor, Reverend Justin Herman. How are you doing today, Justin? Well, boiler up. I'm doing pretty good. Boiler up. What is a boiler maker, by the way? From from what I what I've seen, uh, a boiler maker is a very uh, studious um, student that was anything un- it was everything unlike I was in in college. So, oh okay, isn't bo- boiler makers a drink too? Right, that's that's the only thing I really knew, and I didn't realize what a boiler maker was. But you you are a quintessential engineering school, correct at Purdue? Yes, yeah, it's basically the the STEM. Uh, is, is basically what what we have here, which I was a philosophy and liberal arts major, and uh, being out here, it's all math and science and tech, and it's uh, the students that are at, that are at the school. Um, we get along, we get along great, but uh, I think we give each other's uh, give each other views into each other's worlds. Well, there you go, and if you're like me. Uh, you're working with people doing stuff that you would probably like. I would be like, okay, I would never pass these classes. <laughs> exactly. That's the way I. That's the way I feel. They tell me their homework. I'm like, well, let's talk about the Gospel of John. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and you have been there. What is it? Four or five years? Something like that. Uh, since 2014. So I'll be hitting my sixth uh, year here in uh, August. So. Right. And since that time, you have. Uh, Added a second pastor. Tell us about who's your second yep. pastor there. Uh, pastor Jared DeBlick. Uh, he, he and I get along great. It's been just an excellent uh, move. We were blessed with uh, an endowment that we were saying, "What can we do with this money?" Uh, and uh, and uh, we had been talking about, man, if we had a wish list, we would get somebody to help us out with. Uh, with community relations, some tech, and then we thought, well, what if that person could be a pastor? And it just so happened this magic person that we uh, designed in our heads was actually out there, and uh, he's been a great, great addition, fits fits uh, in with us uh, really well. The students love him, and and, and uh, we, we love having him here. So well, that's, that's fantastic. And uh, so where is your congregation at? How are you able to meet? How has that gone for well, you? Our congregation is very, it's very difficult because it's transient. So now uh, people that come here to Purdue, they have their home congregations uh, anyway that they go to during the summer or if they do internships, which a lot of our students do internships, they have to find another uh, home church, you know, away from home. So some of them are joining us online now. Uh, We haven't had any students here really uh since uh spring break in march and uh it's it's been turned upside down uh, we really 
it was really quite shocking. There was no goodbyes. That was really sad. I'm sure you had oh, other yeah. campus ministers telling you how difficult that was. We we did um, let we wrote letters to all of the graduates, and but you know we're unable to. Well, that's old to, school, um, Pastor Herman. An actual well, letter. We, we actually wrote letters and uh, pens, and we gave them uh, devotional books, uh, and then Ben said, uh, you know, see you when we see you. Yeah. <laughs> But so have you been able to um, meet what have been your worship restrictions or what how's that kind of gone in a nutshell? Well, um, President Breggy, we didn't know what was going to happen. And um, a number of churches around us, you know, clo- closed right away. We we decided to stay open and, and uh, President and then we didn't have any restrictions our first week, but we decided to live stream uh, so that. Uh, some of, some community members who were in a at risk uh, uh, categories so that they could see us online. And then the next week they said they said no church, and we were really kind of at a dilemma. And uh, President Breggy, I would be the Indiana I, District President for the Lutheran Church yeah, yeah. Missouri Synod. He called Governor Holcomb's office and. Um, explain to him the importance of uh, the Lord's Supper to our confession and faith. And and uh, the governor said that we could follow CDC, uh, the CDC guidelines, which was meetings of 10 um, from the, you know, from the national guidelines, federal guidelines. And right. um, we were doing meetings of 10 with communion. We did a sign up genius and, so we've been operating like that, and we do like mini sermons, and then we do one service, one of those services, we re- would record the whole thing, mm. and then stream that service. Sure. So. Yeah, so now are you are you back where are you at right now, or is it still the same? We, right now, uh, they, Indiana lifted up the restrictions uh, March 8th uh, for worship services, so there's... Anything outside of a worship service? You mean May eighth? No. Oh yeah, May. Yeah, May eighth. What did I say? March. Yeah, <laughs> we've we've lost two months one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but May eighth, uh, we opened up, and uh, the restriction is you have to be six feet apart. And okay. so we've been we've been uh, meeting, and um, but we we're missing seventy percent of our people, which are you would have naturally not had. It hasn't been so bad for you in the sense that you wouldn't have had as big a crowd in the summer anyways. No, you know, we would have, we usually in the summer, we usually have like 30, 40 people up to 50, but not, not much. Of course, you know, this is a, in the last couple of weeks, we've seen, um, we've seen a church in Mississippi say that, Hey, we're going to, we're going to meet and then see their church get burned to the ground. Uh, We've had fights and uh, confusion. A lot of uh, non-Christians, raising questions of, uh, don't you Christians not care? You know, I, I yeah. suppose you guys have just been going into the office, too, like it's just normal, huh? Don't you care about yeah. everybody else? Why don't you choose to not, if you really cared about people the way Jesus did, why, why, wouldn't, why wouldn't you just stay away from one another? How do you respond to that? Well, this was a question that our denomination really grappled with. I mean, you saw letters from... Uh, President Harrison, we saw letters from our district presidents, and you know, as pa- individual pastors, we had to write le- letters to our congregations. We were considering all sorts of things. We were considering 
basically when considering others, you turn to the Ten Commandments. And the things that we were thinking about was the Fourth Commandment, honor your father and mother, and, you know, that that goes to government. Um, uh, so we were like, well, we will have to honor this position. And then we had the Fifth Commandment, you know, do no harm to others. And, and uh, you know, so we didn't want to... Sp- we didn't want to spread something. And yet then we also have the third commandment, which says don't do not despise preaching and his word, but gladly hear and learn it. And, and we had uh, all these mixed emotions and we also had uh, institution of uh, God's gifts. And uh, I've specifically started thinking about how God's gifts um, are given. You know, the gospel is given to us and we've got, the amazing thing about these sacraments that we have uh, that give us Christ, uh, give us Christ in the flesh is that they touch our senses. Uh, I was thinking about baptism. You cannot do baptism over a zoom call. Uh, It is something where God has to touch you uh, in the water uh, with, with his word. You can't, you can't take communion, which is instituted by God uh, for, uh, forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation, and you can't uh, you can't do that uh, over the internet either. So you've got these things that require us meeting incarnate, you know, in in the flesh uh, with an incarnate God, and uh, so there is and with one another. That's yeah. We, we so, can't yeah, we can't care for one another by by administering these sacraments unless we're essentially together, which is the dilemma. Well, the table of the Lord requires uh, uh, brothers and sisters coming together, forgiving one another of their sins um, before uh, going to the table to receive the gift of forgiveness uh, from, from the Lord for the wrongs they've done to one another. And yeah, you really need this uh, in-person uh, type of thing. It's amazing to me, you know, in, uh, we hear that verse all the time where Jesus says, um, wherever two or three are gathered, there I am with mm. them. That's it. And if you, so we always like say that and kind of jokingly sometimes as pastors, like if we, especially if we have really small numbers, we're like, well, the Lord says whenever two or three are gathered. Mm. But if you look at that, it's in Matthew 18. And what's the context? It's in the context of brothers uh, brothers and sisters forgiving one another. And in that context of forgiveness, Christ says, I am there in the flesh. Hmm. And um, I, I, I kind of, that kind of blows me away. So whenever you have uh, a group of people coming together in the forgiveness of sins, Christ is, Christ is there with them. And, uh, you know, it's a, so it does require um, us, us needing in that forgiveness of sins. We need to hear our, uh, brother and sister say, "I a poor miserable sinner right next to us," as we're we're saying it, and to hear that word of absolution together, you know, is to receive Christ together, and you know, we are His body. He says, "You know, one of the things that's that's happened with this whole COVID nineteen business is that we are a, a country that has, in essence." culturally isolated ourselves we we drive our cars into our little garages and then we stay in our homes at night and now we're seeing the result of of mandated isolation (laughs) 
And we are by nature as Christians, communal people. God draws us into a community. And so in a way, when you think about it, how could we actually care for others if we didn't even really care enough to want to be with our own community to gather together? Because it's really foundational to who we are. Yeah, well, sin uh, sin does uh, three things. Well, well, maybe probably more, but... Uh, nope, only but three. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not <laughs> two, not four, I... proceed to five. <laughs> it's like a Monty Python. Five, qu- no, three, quite. <laughs> exactly. Well, sin does it, some things that I've been, I've been thinking about. Sin, um, it separates, it sure. divides, it isolates. And ultimately, sin kills. Uh, that's that's what it does. And what is this? What is this disease done? This disease has separated us from one another. It's has drived us uh, into, uh, um, you know, this individual life where uh, we worship by ourselves, we uh, pray by ourselves. But the Word of God, you know, the Holy Spirit, uh, in in especially we. This is part of our confession. Uh, the Holy Spirit's job is to call, gather, and enlighten us, uh, the whole Christian church on earth, and keep it with Jesus Christ and the one true true faith. I, I was reading this thing by Sinkbile. Um, that would be uh, Reverend Dr. The, Harold Sinkbile of Doxology. We're actually teaching it right now, and uh, last week in the, the Bible study we came across this, and I was like, holy crap, this is really a... a fits with our with what we've been experiencing but uh let me just read just a little bit here and this it is says, from uh, this is from what uh dying to live the okay. power of forgiveness okay um available from our good friends at cph.org there you that go. is correct yep <laughs> <laughs> it's my job i'm the host <laughs> he go says uh he says we as children of our heavenly father summon from the death of sin life in Christ. So we're summoned from death to life. He calls us from our solitary prisons to live together in the liturgy, in holy assembly, as sons and daughters of the King, brothers and sisters all. The liturgy rescues us from the tyranny of individualism, a particularly Mm. American heresy. You and I were never created to live alone. And yet, so often, the gospel is presented as a way to become healthy, wealthy, wise, and well, it goes on from there. But, you know, you can stop. We were never, we were never created to live alone. And, um, and really, that's, you know, Jesus calls us from death to life. And if you, what's one of the things that he calls himself? He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, that he is the life. So if we're fearing death, which is what this disease brings has brought upon our world, where better to turn than to the one that we uh, know through the Word and through the means of grace, through the sacraments in which our incarnate, risen Lord still touches. I was also thinking about Jesus when he saw somebody like really gross, you know, in the, in the, in the gospels, uh, somebody suffering from some terrible disease, somebody suffering from, uh, 
just things that repulsed people that made uh, people, uh, you know, shun them, cry out, they're unclean, they're unclean. Mm-hmm. Jesus could have like stood away and said, Ooh, stay, stay over there. Just stand back. I'll heal you, but I'm just going to keep my distance from you. <laughs> you know, he Jesus is that. not, Jesus doesn't like social distancing. In that sense, spiritually no. wise, he 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 dared to step in, become one of us, one of us. Oh man! Uh, to, yeah. to precisely demonstrate his lack of desire to socially distance himself from us. If he didn't want to get anything, he came to the wrong place. Yeah, and, and he who knew no sin became sin. Right, you know, for for us. But he would he would go up and he would touch people. Um, he would, you know, something that's totally socially unacceptable. He would, he'd spit on the ground and this, he didn't, thank God he didn't institute this for us to do, but he'd spit on the ground, make mud and rub it on people's eyes. He went up and touched a coffin in the middle of a procession, which was considered completely unclean to, to touch a coffin. It was like as if he had touched the dead man himself. Yeah. Now I'm not saying we should be you know, stupid or anything. We're, we're following all the guidelines just like everybody else. Right. You know, we're keeping six feet apart. We're, we're not shaking hands. We're not, but we still are de- delivering uh, the one who uh, desires to touch us and, and um, you know, in the forgiveness of sins and the Lord and the supper, we haven't taken that, that away. Um, and um, I, I just, now I, I I know that you know some some decided to be wisest not to I I I told everybody you don't have to come this is not you know necessary you're not like in, endangering your soul but if if you are you may be in a place where this isolation has has really depressed you has really uh, hurt hurt your psyche and you need you need the you know the, the to know that you're not alone you know uh, right. yea though i walk through this valley of the shadow of death i fear no evil for thou art with me thou set a p- table before me in the presence of my enemies um you know and that table uh is is this is the supper and um so that table has always been here you know and uh and uh and we're just thankful that um uh, we're thankful that the Lord is is with us in in this time. Well, speaking of uh, of caring for others, as we come out of this, um, you know, we sit here think, okay, oh, you know, this is this is horrible. We can't, you know, for many of us, not, not maybe your congregation, a lot of campus congregations where people were going to be gone in the summer, anyways. But in yeah. many places. You know, we sit here and feel sorry for ourselves. You know, God tells us to meet together, not to give up the habit in Hebrews. And here we're trying not to. Why is it, you know, God, why are you doing And in reality, God is driving us out, out of our, our own isolation. Sometimes we can become a little insula- insulated as the people of God towards one another. And, yeah. and coming out of this this fall, we are going to have a group of people t- on campus that are going to be, they're going to be fearful they're going to be scared. Uh, they're going to be walking like they're on eggshells coming back to campus, depending upon how that looks. How can we demonstrate, just as we demonstrate that we care by actually actually meeting together and drawing ourselves in the community, how can we as a community reach out to those 
um, who are going to be concerned and, and to demonstrate that they care and to invite them in. What have we learned from this? Well, well those are those are all all the really great questions, and I think those are all things that we're really trying to trying to answer and trying to come to come to grips with. I, you know, I I was I don't know what I'm expecting yet. I, I do know, you know, after. After 9-11, one hallmark that we saw across the nation, I mean, you know, a lot of our college students, well, some of them weren't even born yet, but uh, but when when 9-11 happened, something that you could guarantee was churches were in almost every city, whether they were, no matter how close they were to New York or not, churches were pretty full. And uh, people were turning to, to the, you know, to the Lord for answers and and if right there was now, a time to get your butt back to church, if you hadn't been going, it was then. Yeah, and really, I mean, this is another thing that has struck fear into people, but it's, um, you know, in some ways, the church has been seen as uh, part of the, the problem and, uh, you know, has been portrayed that way in some cases. And it's a really a question of how do we show people that we uh, care? How do we show people that we um love maybe one example this uh this may be interesting to know one thing i really it really struck me about studying uh john wesley i I don't agree with him very much at all uh he's a methodist but uh no offense methodists out there but uh (laughs) i I went to a methodist school so i had to study john wesley okay um, now you have to this is a college age what what school did you go to we need to know at Spring Arbor, Spring Arbor University. It's a free Methodist school in uh, Michigan, just a little bit north of, uh, I think it's north of Hillsdale uh, College in Michigan. Okay. Gotcha. So, Thank you. But, but anyway, in studying John Wesley, one thing that um, he was, he was very fearful. Uh, he was on this ship with uh, some uh, brethren, and uh, he was on this ship. There was a turmoil, and he was scared out of his mind. What, but the, the brethren, I think I think they were Lutheran brethren. I, I'm not positive, but it, you have to look for yourself. But uh, he was, they were singing hymns, and Wesley was struck by their lack of fear in the midst of this tragedy. Hmm. And he wanted to know the hope that they had. So I, I think one thing that we can do, and this may sound really strange, but one thing that we can maybe do is abide in the Lord. Hmm. Uh, as we are afraid, if we're afraid, turn to Christ. And the, the I mean, we, we're Christians, but we turn to Christ. And Jesus says, if you abide in me, you will bear fruit. And who's that fruit for? It, it's for your neighbor. And you can't predict in what way it's, you're going to need to display that. You're gonna, not going to be able to predict sometime in the way that it will be received. But we need to be the pop, part of the population that is not afraid because we know our future is secure. We yeah, know we got that nothing Christ to lose. Is, we know that Christ is in charge. If he keeps us here, that means we have something to do. If he takes us home, that means hallelujah, you know, uh, hallelujah is for eternity. And um, so we've got something that the world doesn't have, and we, we want them to know that what we have, it's not an exclusive thing. The forgiveness of sins, it's for the whole world. And uh, 
And um, so I think if we abide in Christ in the midst of this, don't don't let this uh, uh, keep us from Christ and His gifts. Um, it'll put a confidence in us. It'll put a peace in our our lives that uh, surpasses all understanding. Absolutely. And that just may be attractive to a world uh, that is filled with fear and despair. So. Absolutely. Well, Pastor Herman, I wish we could talk about this more, but we are plumb out of time. Where can people learn more about uh, uh, your campus congregation there at Purdue? ULUPurdue.org. Thank you yep. for joining us. Give my best to Pastor DeBlick and uh, and all of your uh, parishioners and everyone there. And we will sort through this together and we'll look forward to the day that we can care for those in our communities as we get on campus once again. Take care. Yep. God bless. That's all we have time for here today in the Student Union. Check out the archives of this program at kfuo.org. Learn more about LCMSU at lcmsu.org. And remember, college is tough. You need Jesus, we'll help.